to Buckley. What a magnificent kick. Wonderful to Buckley, who unloads from 55 The buck stops here. Brought to you by Latrobe Financial. Trusted by Australians for more than 70 years. Whammy! Right, okay, no, I'm gonna. There's so much to talk about with this week's games of football. The the four finals, I thought they all hit the mark. The, the um, scheduling was done really well. I'm going to start with uh, who I thought were one of the most impressive uh, performers of the weekend, and that was the GWS Giants. And I just thought they they've handled this travel idea, this this um, hit and run mentality. It's the eleventh time, eleventh venue they've won at this year, and I just they've embraced all of their challenges. Um, and Ken, um, so Ken Kingsley, I nearly said Adam Kingsley. <laughs> Kent, Kent Kingsley. Kent Kingsley. <laughs> There's one that you wouldn't think you'd go to. But Adam Kingsley was uh, was super impressed with his boys, and so he should be. It's a hard one to answer because I, I do have that inner belief right from the pre-season that, that we had a really strong group. We just didn't necessarily show it in the first 10 rounds of the season. But we had signs. We just didn't, weren't doing it for long enough. So, yeah, as I said, the, the, the group, I have tremendous belief in. I think when they play that style of footy, they're, they're really hard to beat. And um, and that's certain, certainly what we pride ourselves on. And they've been playing that style of football for a long time. So round 10, they're three and seven. That's a long time ago now. Mm. It's as long, yeah, round 10 against the first week of finals, that that time that's, that's um, been covered is longer than at any season that we've seen before because of the extra round, because of the pre-finals buy. The thing that's, that that struck me is they are quick. They are quick over the ground and speed kills. So, so Ash and Whitfield off the back. How much damage can they do, Bucks? Oh, look, I think that you always we always think. So we look at these games. Like Port GWS. You look at Melbourne Carlton. Like, can top four sides are going to go out in straight sets? Mm. It happens occasionally, mm. but not often. Mm. I think the Giants are a real show against Port because Port are banged up. But the last time Port played the Giants was only four or five weeks ago. They won by 10 goals. Yeah. But they, they went in without Daniels and Bedford, mm. who are really key parts of their makeup. And it actually, I think it actually helps the Giants because they know that, well, that was a mulligan. You know, and we didn't have our, our, best, um, our, our best choice and really important parts to our puzzle. But the, just the speed over the ground gets so Woodfield and Ash off the back, and you've still got Iden there, who's keeping uh, who's keeping Haynes out mm. of the best twenty-two, and he's and doing a great job. Kelly through the midfield was huge. Uh, Daniels and Bedford as those high forwards that get all the way up and all the way back. They put speed on the ball. They defend really well. They put speed on the ball, and so you've got Hogan, Riccardi, Green, Brown. They've got a mix of forwards that are getting the benefit of this this speed through the midfield. And they don't just do it to attack, they do it to defend. They actually made the ball really hard to move. They they control the midfield um, with their defence and they they actually comp- they compose themselves and conserves, conserve energy in their defence because it is so good. That gives them that chance to springboard when they get the ball in their hands. So that, that balance is good and, and uh, Adam Kingsley should be believing of his group because they're demonstrating mm. it week in, week out. Love the fact that he took the risk with Taylor. I think we can be really conservative with injuries like that, but the, he looked really solid. I know King kicked three, but uh, wasn't his best performance. Max King and Taylor will be better for the run. Novak Djokovic just took the first set of the US Open final 6-3 
dominant display up against Medvedev, who was standing so far back on return that Novak's changed <laughs> things up and he started to serve and volley. He's got all the answers and all the tricks. The greatest athlete any sport all time. That's my thoughts on that. What about Brisbane Bucks? It's not Kane's big call, like in the middle of buck stops. What's <laughs> Sorry, going on? Just anyway, mate. Your buck no, no, all good. No, the second one Thanks, for me. <laughs> the second one for me that that stood out um, on Saturday night was Brisbane's bigs. I thought Hipwood and Danaher and McInerney in particular. I think they started exceptionally well and took Port to task really early. Um, but uh, it was interesting, Chris Fagan's comments after about the falling short, how that's actually taught Brisbane and prepared them for the moments ahead. The thing I love about this group, and I've, I've loved it from the day I started here, was that they embraced failure in a positive sort of a way. And um, I've, I've always felt we've been gradually getting better, and I sense this year that we've taken another little step. I don't know whether it's a big enough step for us to go the whole way, but we certainly better equipped to do that and to take the opportunity if it presents itself so yeah that's the thing I'm most proud of in my time at the club is, is the boys attitude towards failure I, I think that's a great reflection it's it's not common this time of year to be talking about your shortcomings or mm. what hasn't worked for you but I think when you can embrace both sides of it and you can accept that with the same mentality it's really powerful to be able to be grateful for the opportunity in front of you you, get, you loosen yourself up. You don't carry a lot of anxiety. So I think Brisbane are in great shape. It seemed to be in great shape. If their coach is speaking like that, well then, and they're performing the way that they, that they can and did, then that's, a, really, that's, a, that's a, a great sign for Brisbane and Brisbane fans, and it's a, it's a real you know, question for any side that they come up against. The other thing that stood out to me was the performance of their young players. Like Jasper Fletcher, like he yeah, just, he jumped out of the box. He was Aer- aerially, he ran hard. He saw key moments. He, he was able to take advantage of the times where the game opened up. He he opened the game up through his own efforts and endeavours at times. Wilmot just got better and better. And when when um, Brisbane were headed, he became one of the most dominant players on the field in that last quarter and a half. And um, Caden Coleman, who so the three young guys that they've introduced. They really stood up in, and to be able to do that in, you know, obviously Wilmot and Fletcher. Wilmot mm. played in the finals last year, but Fletcher in his first final and Coleman, who's who's become, he's become the architect from the back. So, and then you add that to, you know, we'll, we'll speak to Cam Rayner later this morning and his performance. He's, he's made for made for finals, mm. as you said. He hasn't broken any posts yet, so I don't know if he can be <laughs> Lee Matthews. But. He just, he just was just like. Looking at Port Adelaide players with disdain and saying, you want to tackle me? Good luck. Yeah. Like, I reckon he broke more tackles than any individual player this year. It was like Dustin Martin sort of stuff, and Port would be really disappointed with their performance physically. Um, so the thing out of that game is that that Neil, who has such a good record against Port Adelaide, was well held, and William yeah. Drew did an outstanding job. Three touches, like five yeah. minutes from the halftime. Yeah, they still kick 13 goals from stoppage. Yeah. 13, which is just off the charts in sort of the numbers, and... Hugh McCluggage, I mean, what a what a player. What a player he's yeah. been for Brisbane for so long. What a consistent performer. Nine clearances he had to go you, inside and do that when Neil was well held. Correct. And when you talk about, you know, f- forward um, connection, like, and you see a bloke like McCluggage Good get the ball. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't finish that well when he gets yeah. his own chances at the sticks, but... If you find uh, half a meter inside forward fifty, and you've got a little bit of space, he'll he'll kick it to your advantage and draw you into the usable. Rank space. them, Bucks. Rank the teams and the likelihood of winning a premiership right now as it sits. 
with the one, the, the six yep. teams that are remaining. Well, well just give, just give me the four. Well, I, I think we're, the most likely grand final is Collingwood Brisbane, yeah. given that they're there. Um, I think that I think GWS would probably be favoured. I, I would favour them into that Over game. Port I think yeah. I, I think the odds will have Port as favourites, but mm. I think that GWS mm. are, are they're one of those teams that just look like they're on the tear. I can, and I haven't had a bad day for three months, so mm. I think they'll be okay. Um, and I and I'm not so I'm not that concerned about Melbourne. Melbourne. I think Melbourne will be okay, and I'll get to that. All right. Well, let's get to the moments that some players would like to have back. Yeah, the third part for me is just bad kicking's bad footy, and and we saw there were there was most three of the sides that lost on the weekend had more shots on goal in transition than their opposition. So stoppage became really key, but key moments, opportunities in front of goal, you need to take them. And it's the most important kick in the game is to be able to finish mm. when you get your opportunities, whether it's a snap or a set shot. Um, and bad kicking is bad footy. He's missed a couple tonight, Bailey Fritch. This is the biggest moment of the oh. game so far. And he nearly missed his boot. He shanked it wow. out on the full. Big moment for Todd Marshall. He's so important for them. He's hooked it badly to the left, lands in the pocket. So 20 metres out, virtually no angle. And he's missed it to the right. Well, you have to feel for Todd Marshall. Dane Swan's, a, I love reading his stuff. He's got tongue in cheek all the time. He's, you love reading his stuff, oh, do you? It's so, it's I so feel good. dumber for reading his oh, stuff. Are you serious? He just, he just comes at it from left field. But um, when the when the Carlton Swans game was playing, I think he said, um, I can't wait to see who Collingwood are playing in the expected score semi-final <laughs> this week. <laughs> like Because apparently Melbourne would have won on expected score. But... Like in, in in the end, it is a reality. If you've like to get sixty nine inside fifties, not finish off. Bailey Fritch is one of the better finishers, mm. you know, either in general play or or set shots. But he he was a little off, a little. I think because he had two snaps, one in the third and one in the last, right at the death, that he would normally gobble up. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them was under not great pressure; it was perceived pressure, and the other was under a little. But he's been able to finish at at, at other times, so. I don't think Melbourne would be that worried, and I'll get to that, but I don't think they'll be that worried because I think they just had one of those games where they just weren't able to, to finish, and it, I'm not overly concerned about they it. They still need to address what is going on with the forward line and their entries and how predictable and how slow and how high that ball is going inside. Yeah, Colin, we're going go, to give Collingwood some credit. They yeah. got back in number. But the other one is, is obviously Marshall, Todd Marshall, who's one of the better shots at goal across the competition this year, and 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 just couldn't meet the moment. Now that's it's a it's a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for him coming up again. But he, I, th- I think he'll, I think he's got um, he's got the right medal. But yeah, it it has a significant impact in the in the momentum of the group, the flow of the group, the belief of the group. When you've done work, you want to finish. There's always a little bit of anxiety around a final. You want to jump in and you want to take advantage of your chances. And if you don't take them, there can be a concern that they're not going to come around again because yep. this the finals are marginal. So being able to finish is, is crucial. All right, tell us about the D's. Yeah, I think I think the D's will be okay. Their midfield's up and going. You know, for them to be able to have forty six inside fifties to twenty two, they got jumped by Collingwood, and that was the margin in the game. But I heard Simon Goodwin talk after the game, and the his words were around glass half full, and I think he's got every reason to believe in his group. Oh, there's a lot of optimism. As I said, we played the right way for a big part of that game and um, to dominate territory, to dominate 
uh, dominate inside 50, you know, to win the contest by 15 by the end of the game, that's a pretty big turnaround in a game of footy. And that gives us a lot of heart because that is what stands up in finals footy, but you've got to do it for the whole time. And uh, in the first quarter, we, we weren't able to do that. So, um, you know, we've got to do it for four quarters. Yeah, and, and they, did, they did it for three. They did it for yeah. three. And I thought you're talking about sort of Melbourne's entries and, and I, we can, I know you can get flat on Melbourne, but I think that I'd look at, I had a look at the, the second half in particular and, and, I, and there was, so it was 36 inside 50s in that second half. I thought that Collingwood defended exceptionally well. They they committed extra numbers to behind the ball at stoppage in particular. They it was nearly like they were flooding at times, and then they were happy to play their run and gun game going mm. back the other way. Mm. It nearly it nearly cost them because Melbourne got so dominant through the midfield and forced the ball forward so often. And but but you've got to say the tactic worked. And and, and Craig McRae said after he said look. Yeah, the only number that matters to us is the the scoreboard at the end, and you know you can look at an inside fifties, you can look mm. at contested ball. That those numbers don't matter. We we're able to get the job done, and I agree with with Craig in that regard. But I'm also not dis, discouraged if I'm Simon Goodwin in terms of their forward setup. Yeah, what with do you Van, do with Van Royen? I, I just think you put in the most competitive medium sized player that you can find. Not Grundy. I don't think you. I don't think you do. I, I don't think that's the answer. I think Smith. Now that they may well go the other way, but I think Gorn's been going exceptionally well. I think Petrarca and Oliver through the midfield have been great. Uh, James Jordan hasn't been. I mean, he's a, he's probably the next big body player that has to has to come in for potentially for Brayshaw, for Van Roy, and I I just think you just need the next competitor. And and I'm, I'll Who's? go I'll go to Carlton last here, oh. and and when I go to Carlton, it'll be about they just pick their best competitors, their best. Ball winners, they're the guys that are prepared to put second and third efforts in. I think that's the type of player that Melbourne need to look for again as their twenty-second player to take into. Mm. To, I think that big concern half. about McDonald as well is lateral movement. His movement in general didn't look to be at the level that's required for a final. So can Grundy give you what he gave you, but also have the flexibility to go in the ruck? So if you want to use Gorn in the forward half or as a target inside forward 50 when you don't have a winner, I think that would be some nice flexibility to have. All you need to do is answer what happens when McDonald's in the ruck for that 10%. That's all you need to answer. Yeah, but not if he's not competing forward as well, McDonald. He just becomes a structure player. Okay. He just becomes... Grundy can't be that structure player, but a better ruck. He hasn't proven to be. And 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 unless, as you said... They've just, they've already gone down this path. They've already decided it. Now that now when Petty got injured, Grundy came back for one. Grundy played for a half. Smith played for a half as a forward, and then they then they went away from it. Mm. So I think that's not. I don't think that's the answer. I think Simon Goodwin and the and the the uh, the, um, the Melbourne Match Committee have already decided that that's not the answer. All right, we are nearly through the buck stops here. Just hold fire on the Blues. We're going to get yep. to them shortly. So Blues fans. The lid is off. Bucks is going to give Absolutely. us his thoughts on that. We're doing it all thanks to Melbourne Airport Parking. Nothing beats Melbourne Airport's terminal parking. Book online and for Brandt. Best on ground for John Deere equipment. We're in the Kogan Money Credit Card Studio. A great value card packed with rewards and no annual fee. The buck stops here. Continues after this. 
Kane and Bucks. Can't stop Well, that was the Blues Radio. Andy Marr, Mark McClure and the Dominator taking you through the bias call on the SEN app. SEN Fanatic was magnificent. Congratulations to those guys who got the result that they deserved. The buck stops here. Thanks to Latrobe Financial, trusted by Australians. You're shaking your head. I'm here for all of that. Yeah, you love it? How good, how good <laughs> is that? You, you need to get on Port Radio this weekend. <laughs> we need something. Well, if it gives you a chance to win. Well, it uh, doesn't. I'll put my hand up. It, well, yeah, correct. Yeah, any way that you who can else, contribute. Who else could I be with? <sighs> Treaders. <laughs> I think Treaders, want, not, Treaders wants them to want lose, to though. That's yeah, the problem. Not He's barracking from... against them. No, look, I, that was that. I'm I'm there for that vision and the way the fact that they didn't drop the f bomb at any stage was amazing because Andy used every other word that he possibly could. But if it's like it's like they were in the outer barracking, mm. and I reckon if they were in the outer barracking, the language changes a little bit. So he's, he he did very well to hold it in. But for me, like if you're a Carlton fan, obviously you're wrapped. You've won a final. You've seen you've seen. Um, Paddy Cripps, you've seen Charlie Kerno, you've seen all of these boys that are playing their first final after a significant time out of the finals, and you've and you've beaten um, a side last year who went all the way to the grand final. I don't think Sydney were great. I think the, the, the McCartan did the job on Charlie Kerno. Harry Mackay didn't have much to do. Uh, Mills and Cripps was pretty much even, mm. but I just thought that. Carlton's bottom six, mm-hmm. and we t- we talk about you hear this spoken about quite a bit. Their bottom six Enormous. were huge. I, I, I think Brody Kemp's a really good player. Did his role really well. I think Chincotta is a player who just wins his one on ones. He had nine touches, mm. but he just doesn't. It's just hard to beat. What about Cottrell? Cottrell, seventeen touches. He like he had two goals and thirteen touches in the first half. Is probably the most impactful player on the ground. At that stage, Walsh and Cherrod had 16 touches each, and they were great, both mm. of those players. But like, Akers was not going to play this game two weeks ago with his collarbone and ended up being significant. I wouldn't put him in your bottom six, but Cunningham and Fogarty, you know, they just had – they've just – they left Fisher out, who'd been getting 30 touches mm. a game off halfback. They left Hollands out, who's a younger player, to bring Doherty in to play on the wing. Motlop played as the sub and Paddy Dow, who's who's played a really important role and I reckon would feel more a part of this journey than he did 12 weeks ago. But the, the, coaching, the coaching staff at Carlton decided that we want the biggest, strongest, and they went with that extra, with, with Pitnett, with an extra Ruckman. So we want the biggest, strongest 22 that we can possibly find, a team that we know is going to stand up in the contest. A team that we know is going to is going to go for second and third and fourth efforts, mm. and every individual is going to give and empty every everything of themselves. There's not going to be any half efforts. There's not going to be any like arms in. It's going to be head over the ball, and I think that that was the primary reason that they were able to get the job done. And it's 
a reason why they'll give themselves a chance against any opposition. Yeah, it's a good matchup. They they won in round twenty two, I think it was, against this side with some key players out as well. Just on the selection, there was two selection calls uh, for different games that um, were much debated on on Thursday and Wednesday when those teams were announced. The first one was Cox and uh, playing with Cameron and Collingwood and leaving Noble out. Correct, yeah. correct decision to make. I think in the end, and they're justified by doing. I, I don't that. think they're. I don't. I don't think. They are um, related at all, though. No, I know. The double ruckman and, and, a, and a running defender are not related. But Cox wasn't in the side four or five weeks ago. So to, mm. to, to back him in and to go with him at this stage of the year and to do the tag teaming job on Gorn. Gorn was enormous, but I thought that was the right call. And to leave Noble out in the end was justified with, with the makeup of that side. You Maybe the way you're looking at me. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, they won a game. They won the game of footy, but I don't think that was. I don't think it was going to win them or lose them the game. So maybe that's the right call then. If you ta- if you're taking a player out who is ne- who's not going to change the when you talk about the dynamic of the game and winning contest and picking players who are incredibly competitive, and I think that was the right. If there's well, one think- knock on Noble, it would be his one on one work, and in a final to leave him out was. Justified with the team they picked. It had to be. Hoskin Elliott was huge. He would have been in the mix to, to lose his spot as well. Oh, no, Markov was the one that, that has come from the clouds because yeah. Hoskin Elliott's is, is, he play half forward, he can play half back, he, play, he plays as the third winger. Markov was the one that kept his spot mm. in front of John Noble. The knock on Markov at times is that he hasn't put his body on the line when it's been necessary. Um, and you might say, like John Noble's a small player, but he but his ground ball stuff is really strong. He will keep his head over it. But Markov twice in the last quarter went back. Once he went back with a flight, and another time he went back and took a, a chess mark. Twice where he where he had a choice of whether he was going to go mm. or not go, and he and he went hard, and he had key moments where he really stood up. So that would have been validating for him and for the selection group um, because he stood up in those moments, and- which. Which I think is growth from from what we've seen of him. And he's, you know, you are, you've got strengths, and then we've got things that you're not so not as good at. Now, Markov, open field runner, hard runner, in the contest, maybe a six or a seven out of ten, but he had eight, nine out of ten efforts in when the game was at its fiercest. So great effort. And the other one was the Blues picking the, the two ruckmen and, and going tall, and obviously that helped with Mackay going off. So you had that cover, but those selection decisions were. Justified. Kane and Bucks. McCluggage picked it up. Handball. Rayner. Rayner takes on one snap for goal and kicks it. Rayner. He has kicked three. And they're back in front, Brisbane. Game on at the Gabba. And that man joins us, Cam Rayner. The Brisbane Lions starts for Air Powered. We'll keep you running on compressed air. Cam, congratulations on your form. What a nice feeling to have the week off and progress through to another prelim final. Good morning to you. Morning, guys. Um, yeah, mate, it's an awesome feeling. Um, good to get the result that we wanted on the weekend and um, set us up for a, you know an exciting few weeks to come. And you're all good. You had the thigh heavily strapped, I think, with about five minutes to go in the game. You said, my work is done here, but uh, how'd you pull up? Yeah, no, I actually pulled up right. I was just a little corky, so um, kind of wanted to make sure that I, I kept it moving towards the end. But, um, yeah, sat out the last little bit. But um, I think Scott Lysette got me with a nice little knee up when I tried to get past him. So big boys always catch it. <laughs> 
They do. And the big your big boys um, started really well, Cam. I thought that um, uh, Eric Hidwood, Hipwood and, and Joe Danaher, like in the first five or six minutes of your contest, really set their their mark on the game and, and got you off on the on the right foot. It must be good when you when the big units in the front half get to work. Yeah, definitely. And I think Eric probably could have had a, a really good game. He just didn't finish his work in the first quarter, but um, he's had some really strong form in the last couple of weeks and him and Joey have been working together really, really well. So um, they're obviously going to be a, a big part of the, the focus going forward with the next couple of weeks to be playing some good footy. Fags is a pretty emotional bloke. He tries to he tries to hold it and, and tries to put a cap on it. But um, behind the closed doors, when he opens up like the Marcus Adams um, uh, retirement, it, it must be great to see a guy like him with so much wealth and experience in the game show his emotions and, and be a part of the journey with the players. Yeah, definitely. And he's so invested and that's why everyone loves him and, and you want to play for him. Um, He's a very emotional man, and um, sometimes his emotions can get the better of him, I think. But um, we see it from both angles, and we're very lucky to have him. Well, take us back. There was, a, there was a moment a couple of years back where he grabbed you. I think you you might have had a rash moment where you played on, I think, and yeah, um, yeah. and, yeah, and missed, a, missed a, a, an easy shot on goal. But he, like that sort of moment there, those instructive moments, do they, do they come up for you at all? Do you reflect on the connection that you have with this coach and the fact that he's taking you from, you know, a raw player at the beginning to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. And I remember very vividly that moment when he came up to me and said, mate, don't stress about it. Um, we need you to win many more games in your future. I think we'll win a lot more than this one. So um, I remember that moment. Um, obviously, it was a very disappointing time back then. But looking back on it now, it's all just part of your growth and your learning as you get older as a player. Cam, I couldn't believe they tried to turn you into a halfback flanker in the preseason. <laughs> it lasted about two weeks and thought, well, what's this guy doing back here? He's going to do maximum damage in the front half. What was that exploration like for you in the summer? I think it was just a little bit to work on my defensive stuff as well. Um, it's something we spoke about for a while, but I agree with you, mate. Um, forward line's a lot better than the back line. <laughs> um, and I enjoyed getting back down there. Obviously, the first time I went down there, I kicked a few goals and um, I think that experiment was over pretty quickly. It was done, and you'll never, ever go back there, and nor should you. Hey, you kicked four stoppage goals in the first half, um, which is off the charts in terms of a full game, let alone a half of football, with the amount of talent that you've got at ground level in the front half. I mean, the work that you put in strategically, you're all on the move, you're all looking for blocks, you're looking for a wink and a nod from the Ruckman. Take us inside that preparation that results in four pretty important goals from that area of the ground. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and, and Cam Bruce does a lot of work as a stoppage coach, but um, a lot of it's probably driven by the players, and um, Oscar McInerney drives a lot of it, which is good, and Dunks has come in and take control of that really, really well. So when you've got players in there that know what they want to do and know their roles, um, even for me, coming in off the half-forward flank, it makes it a lot easier to, just to come in and fit in and, and play the role and get the job done. What's he added, Josh Dunkley, with standards, the way that he goes about his work and, and just getting some outside eyes in, into your club? Yeah, definitely. He's been awesome right away from the start. Um, you know, comes all the pre-season training sessions when he wasn't meant to, when it was just the first couple of years and um, just implemented his, his skill set on it. And, um, you know, he's a great leader and, and come in and led straight away. But in saying that, was always the first one there asking questions and wanting more. And um, as young players coming in and seeing that, him setting the example like that was just such a big impact in his first year. And I thought um, your young players, I mean, you're not, you're not an experienced player yet, mate, so I'm not putting you um, out of the young category. But the really young ones, like I said, Jasper Fletcher, 
Um, yeah. And, and Darcy Wilmot, they just, geez, they jumped out of the ground for you. Yeah, I was saying um, after the game, Fletcher came up to me after the game, he goes, geez, how good is this? I was like, his first series just kicked three goals in his first final and probably <laughs> just walk in the park. Um, but they come in and just give you so much. Like, um, Darcy Wilmot's been awesome all year and I feel like Jasper was probably the forgotten draft there this year, obviously having Ashy and mm. he's just coming seamlessly and just done his job perfectly and that's all we expect from him. And, um, you know, they bring a lot of energy and vibe around the club, which, which is awesome as well. Do you... Um... Do you see yourself as a as a midfield player going forward? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that you know you you pinch hit in there, and at times you've been called upon to do that. Do you do you relish that opportunity? Yeah, I do, and and hopefully, Bucks, I can go forward and do that. That's what I want to do. I want to be a midfielder. Um, you know, I take little parts out of it here and there. It can have an impact, but you know, I want to be able to do that consistently throughout my career, which is something I'll keep working on. But um, at the moment, as a forward line, I'm just working as forward player. Sorry. I'm just working on playing my role and um, I think that's probably why our team this year has probably been a bit more mature and um, a bit more successful this year, I think, because everyone's just accepted their role and um, we're all committed to the one cause, which is obviously getting to that last week in September. How hard have you worked on your ability to break tackles? Because that was one thing that I noticed, not just yourself, but the human cluggage as well, just absorbing that and just looking at the opposition going, you you can't tackle me. The work that goes into that in the gym, like take us through your preparation. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we've had experiences over the last couple of years of playing these big body teams and, you know, Richmond in the finals and Melbourne and Geelong and um, tackle breaking can really deflate the opposition and, mm. and we notice that front end. So, um, Huey will probably be upset if I don't say that he's been jumping in with my gym program to try and get a little bit stronger. So we've been working together. Um, but obviously tackle breaking and um, obviously we don't keep burning those the goals. It's just a, a flatter for the opposition. So it's something we definitely pride. So, so that's a conscious... Um, strategic decision you've made personally? Oh, I think it's just naturally probably more the way I play. Um, I think I've probably always had that in my game. It's something that um, we work on definitely, but um, it's not something we go out there saying that we need to get a certain amount of breaks mm. to, to do this, but um, I think it's something that we can use as a strength for sure. Does it take you, specifically for you, Cam, does it take you back to you know probably the last couple of years in in the underage program where you realised that you were a stronger player than the players you were playing against. And you probably gave you that peace of mind to know that you could take the game on more knowing that you were going to be hard to tackle. When you first came in the AFL, I'm pretty yeah, sure that, you would have felt the stronger bodies. But have you yeah, have you got sure. through that now? I think so, yeah. And that's obviously just comes with experience and, um, and time in the game. And, um, you know, you can try and try and take tackles on and, and try and go for it. Probably in my first year I did a little bit realise that you're playing against a couple of bigger bodies and it didn't work as well. But um, now as you turn to be one of the bigger bodies, you can you can take advantage of it a bit more for sure. How are you supporting Will Ashcroft? You've been in that position yourself? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I think it has a pretty much the exact same surgery. So um, Will's a very professional bloke, though, and um, he's got his head pretty much all wrapped around it. So um, we're looking forward to having him back, which would be awesome. But, um, you know, it, it's just disappointing because I know how he's feeling when the, the finals come around and you can't be a part of it. Cam Rayner is with us on SEM Breakfast, part of that Brisbane Lions juggernaut in the forward half of the ground. they got uh, maximum talent everywhere. What does is, what is the week off look like for you as a team, your preparation? Will you get together and watch the semis together? Uh, I'm not sure if we'll watch together. There'll be a few boys that'll, that'll jump together and watch it, but um, some blokes are footy orientated, some really aren't, so... Everyone will be a little bit different, but um, we've got our week scattered this week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday off, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday will be in the club. So just trying to keep the momentum going throughout the week and, and make sure that we can you know, hit the ground running in a couple. So that sounds like a really similar program to the one that 
uh, Fags and the coaching group instigated a cr- between round 24 and your first final. So given that that had a positive outcome, do you do you look favourably on, on that um, timetable going forward? Yeah, I think that's the, um, that's the best way to go about it. I guess it gives you a little bit of a break, but keeps you around the footy club. Um, it worked for us last week, as we touched on, and um, hopefully we keep that same, that same schedule going. I guess it gives you the best of, of both worlds while like having a break, but still being around everyone. I'll ask the uncomfortable question: Melbourne or Carlton? Who do you prefer? <laughs> no, what do you what do you what do you see? What do you see in both? Of, yeah, a, a sentence on both of those teams. Um, yeah, they're both obviously really good contested teams and um, big bodies, as we touched on before, which is um, obviously very pivotal in finals. But um, really, I'm not really fussed who we play. I'm just excited to be in another prelim mm. and um, obviously having it at the Gabba, which is awesome. So um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing whoever we get come up again. All right. All well, it's going to be a big week and another big final for you at the Gabba, where you have been undeniable this year. Congratulations on your form. Pretty much a breakout finals performance from you. I thought you were awesome. Enjoy the week off, and, and we appreciate your time. And, and give us give it your podcast a plug. <laughs> yeah, the kick odds with Cam and Cam and Clug, which is really good. So I'll give you boys a shout out this week, and we'll give you a couple more views if you want. Improve the yeah, no, social no, media profile, yeah. mate. The kick ons, <laughs> check check it out. Uh, Cam, thanks for your time. Nah, cheers, fellas. Thanks very good much, mate. Cam Rayner. There was awesome. Thanks to Air Powered, your defence against downtime. It's it was a it's a bit of a lesson, right? So you've got these highly talented players that come in. You pick one mm. in the draft, and you get a little bit frustrated with the lack of improvement. You expect them to go from here to here quickly. Six years, six years he's taken to to fully now go. Okay, this, this guy is a game breaking performer. Yeah, well, he's, we get impatient. He's had them in the last couple of. Yeah, he's no, had them he's periodically in the last yeah. couple of years, and but progress is not linear. You learn that. In everything, and um, and but we we always want more. We want better. Um, we want steeper improvement. Um, we want things to happen quicker. But yeah, generally, um, the conventional wisdom and longer term wisdom is that it just takes time. So mm. it's great to see um, Cam come of age, and he but he's but he's played some pretty good football in that six years. It's but he's got a level that. Um, that if he can get there more consistently, is going to impact games considerably. He he, can, he put himself in in the in the conversation. He's got enough talent and work rate to be able to be as impactful player as any in the competition. Yeah, he'll be a, a top 15, 20 player in the league next year. You would think for for what he is capable of doing. Cam Rayner, our guest.